right. I think so. Welcome to Jesus TV and welcome to Jesus in this mess. Um, Emily is going to be painting with her fingers and other accoutrements that aren't paint brushes. Um, and she works handicapped um, as um, Jonathan and I do. Um, and um, we're all handicapped. We're all broken people. Um, so we have to work with handicaps. Um, and God makes accommodation. Sometimes that accommodation is he'll accept our lower offerings, our lousy offerings. Um, and he'll accept them with joy because he sees us trying. Um, so what are you going to try to paint today, Emily? Uh, I think I'm going to work on this one some more. Okay. Just uh, where I'm at today. I, I don't know. I want to add some clouds. I need to add some more figures and people to it. It's kind of gotten boring, I think. So I don't know. I, I just need to make a bigger mess of it because it's getting boring. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, move, move past the awkward stage to the boring stage. Oh, no. I, I, yeah, now it's not awkward. Well, yeah, it's just boring. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm going to do exactly with it. I just, like I said, I, I probably really should just let my my five-year-old come draw on it and that would probably fix it there you go <laughs> we'll see i think i'll work on this but i might not i do have another so i have a really hard time finishing paintings i don't know if you guys have noticed that i'm really good at starting um but when it comes to finishing it's hard for me to say like yeah that's done yeah i don't, I don't know what i'm going to do on this but i don't like it anymore so so yeah i haven't decided Probably looks, you guys will just talk, and I'll probably stare at it for a while. It looks pretty. I don't see Jesus in there, but uh, uh, I guess that's the face you set up the top, right? Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, uh, this, this is it's like his head looking up. And yeah, that's like his face looking up, but it doesn't it doesn't look like a face, not really, especially where you guys are at. Like I can pull it closer. Oh yeah, like there's like a chin, oh. a nose. Yep. And then like like that's like so he's like looking up. Can you guys see that? Uh, kind of looks like a face, maybe. I don't know. Not really. All right. Well, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Potentially. Well, when we were talking last week, we were talking about um, the born again experience. So I'd like to return to that, see if there's anything else uh, before we shift topics. Um, anything else, Jonathan, did you have any thoughts? Uh, you and I have shared a little bit during the week about that. Yeah, I'll touch on a couple of things. Um, I believe I have quite a bit of a, a lag here, so we'll see how this goes. Um, and so we may end up interrupting our a little bit, but um, I, uh, it's something that's on my mind. I, I, I had a thought earlier in the week about tribulation, and, and what, what occurred to me was, um, so, so, I, and I, it actually, it came together. You and I, Greg, had a conversation where we talked about dandelions. And, um, and it, a couple things came together for me as we were talking about that. And, um, and basically, without going into the dandelion analogy, because it may be a little bit confusing for people, um, we were talking about bitter things. So I'll tell an experience I had probably about, oh goodness, almost 20 years ago, maybe 20. Let me see, it would have been the, yeah, it was probably about 20 years ago. So I, I had a, um, I chose early in my life when I was a young man to take on some pretty big responsibilities. And, um, and I found myself feeling pretty overwhelmed 
um, pretty fast and realizing really fast that I had no idea what I was doing and um, feeling as if um, I was making a mess of it. <laughs> and, um, and I remember um, I was working for this company at the time and I decided to fast and I decided to do a particular type of fast at the time. I'd been getting into growing sprouts and so I grew a bunch of sprouts and it was a sprout fast. And for three days, all I allowed myself to eat was sprouts and I could drink water. Well, the sprouts are kind of bitter and, um, and they, uh, they, um, how do I put this? They are, um, yeah, they don't taste good. Um, they're better on things, right? And there was a couple of, it was a mix and there was a couple that were particularly bitter in that mix. And after about a day and a half, I was sick of them. I just, I couldn't force myself to eat anymore. And, and as I went through the last day and a half, I just made it a pretty much a water fast. And now and then I'd have a few tiny bites of the bitter um, sprouts. And, um, and so then at the end of the three days, I, it was, I had just finished work and I was walking out to the parking lot. And as I was walking out to the parking lot, I was, I was approaching my car. I was almost to my car. Now I have never experienced this before or since ever in my life, but I felt Jesus Christ. And I had felt his spirit many times. I had felt the spirit many times, been moved to tears, felt the warm glow of the spirit, felt the Savior close. But this, I've never before or since experienced something like this. I felt him, and I felt exactly where he was. He was kind of behind and to the side of me. And he walked up, and he wrapped his arms around me, and he hugged me. And it was completely overwhelming. It was, um, of course, I didn't see him. It was just, I sensed it all and I felt this embrace. And, um, and then he said something. I have been waiting for so long for you to come unto me in this way. And... I remember at the time, I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, like I was, I was, I was crying, on the one hand, but on the other hand, when he said that, it was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, so you've been waiting, and 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 this that is like a long time was like a long time in his mind. Like, you know, I was like, and I was like, so you've been waiting for me to fast on sprouts. And like, I puzzled over that for decades. And like, like, what was he saying? And at times I would try to, to eat like a, a completely raw diet, which it turns out that I have to eat pretty close to raw. I can, I can fudge a little bit in the evenings, but I, I have to, I have to eat mostly fruit and greens and, um, I can eat some cooked vegetables. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, strangely in the evenings, I can, I can usually eat something that's a little bit more, um, uh, heavy duty, but point being, so I'm getting to a point with all of this. So, so I wondered if it was that, I, I mean, I just puzzled over this for years because I wanted to, to, um, I knew it was significant. Well, just within the last two years, a clarity came and what the clarity came was that I had chosen to just to partake of the bitter and that 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 was the one of the principal things that he was saying was that he had waited for so long for me to be willing to partake of the bitter now you think about adam and eve and 
one of one of the parts of the of the curse was um oh i'm gonna get the words wrong but um well they say you know god says as they're leaving the garden um that they may partake of the bitter that they may know to prize the sweet something to that effect right and so um so right so so we for all of the history of mankind we've been partaking of bitter but rarely have we chosen the bitter this makes me think too of of something that christ said about baptism so john and james i think it was were saying we want to be on your right hand and on your left i don't know if you guys remember this scripture when you go into your kingdom and he was like whoa well, wait a minute, like, that's not for me to say, that's for the Father to say. And, and then he said a strange thing. He says, can you partake of the baptism, which I partake of? And, um, and, and the problem is, I don't remember whether it was the Spirit that told me this, or if it was, it's actually in the text, but what was alluded was that he was speaking of the the baptism of uh, of pain and sorrow that he would go through now of course we know that all of the apostles eventually would be martyred and many of them would be stoned and go through terrible tribulation in their life so why do i bring all this up well part of the clarity that came to me was two things number one it was like i realized okay, well, what we're talking about is, is an actual birth. Now, an actual birth, if I were to tell a, you know, if I were to tell a mother, you know, that had just had a baby, okay, you know, it's like, um, uh, you're going to have a baby, sometime in the future or well you, you know the uh, how would i say this it would be hard to convince a mother that she could have a child without travail yeah emily's in agreement <laughs> it would be hard to convince a mother that she had a baby without travail and the same we can't remember our birth but from what we understand it's pretty it's travail for the baby too it's it's uh uh painful um arduous experience and so like the clarity that came is like oh wait a minute so we're talking about being born of god and i think that it's there's a reason why god uses that metaphor and that analogy is that it's like birth okay so it's like we get this idea that being born of god is having pleasant experiences where you feel the spirit and it's like it's good that you feel the spirit but in the time at the point where you're born of god it you're it's you go through kind of like a birth canal Okay, it's it's something that's uh, difficult. I remember when I prayed about it years ago. I was like, "Have I been born of God?" And I prayed and fasted for a year. At this point in your life, you were born of God in part, and it was a terrible time in my life. It was a time when I was addicted to pornography. I was a young, I was a, a youth, um, and and it and it was hell. And I I remember like there came this point where I started praying to God, God will you please take this away? And if you can't take it away, will you please take me home? And, um, and then it was like, I came out of the birth canal and there were some things that happened. I confessed to somebody, I, I, um, you know, and, and kind of sought for help, but it all shifted at that point. And it just went, it just like, I wasn't able to do it. And then I was able to do it, um, to resist the temptation. And, so 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 these experiences they have to do with um 
so like i realized like like you know we've been talking about that it's like I, I, and here's the problem is i think that a lot of people they get this idea that oh i've been born of god because i went to a meeting once and i felt the spirit you know or you know or because i've had good feelings you know and i and i you know or, or whatever and it's like it's like they don't realize that it's like it, it it's deeply connected to repentance and it's deeply connected to um to a, um to this 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 arduous thing that's like going through a birth canal and and um and so that was the first thing i realized it was like oh the bitter okay so it's like it's like part of it seems to be it's like it's like it's this bitter um well and that's and i guess i'll say i'm i'm taking forever to say this but i guess that's you know like like if i were to tell a guy who's who's been doing illegal things and i were to tell him you can have a new life but you're going to have to face all this like you might go to jail and you're going to have to turn yourself in and it's going to be difficult but you can be a new creature you can be a new creature he says you don't get it i've been selling drugs i've been you know robbing liquor stores I've been doing all this stuff. I, I I could I could go, you know, it's like it could take me years and it might be a horrible experience. And you just have to tell him, well, yeah, it would be. But on the other end of it, if you can purposefully, like like that fast I had, purposefully choose to swallow the bitter, then you can find the sweet that will come as you come to the other side so that was the first thing i realized and then the last thing i realized is like there was a part of me after our last discussion i was like do we even want to do this because i don't want to tell people who have a good life and they're happy and they're they're in a good place that they're missing something and and it what occurred to me as we talked greg is i realized oh i'm we're not talking to them <laughs> It's like we're not talking to people who are they they they're they're in a happy place. They love their religion. They love their family. They love where they're at. We're I think we're talking to people who are considering wanting a change, and we're talking to people who they're in the midst of travail right now, and to them it just looks like hell because there's a light at the other end it's like it's like you know if you don't feel like there's like you need something different than your paradigm then in the likelihood is it's like it's like it's like that's okay and and i guess i wanted to share those two things i'm sorry i took so long in saying it all but um is that it 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 doesn't happen by accident and you'll know if you've gone through something even though if you don't know to call it i was born of god you, you don't go through birth but and and afterwards you know like not know that something happened with you and you were one way and now you're something else and i'll pass it back <laughs> Emily, do you have any thoughts? Not really. I'm good to just keep listening, but I do completely agree with Jonathan what you said at the end there about how, yeah, we're not talking to those people. Like I complete that was the thought that came to my head when you were saying what you were just saying is you were like, you know, we're not uh, people that are listening to this are not people that anyone who's listening to this program probably has some kind of struggle going. Um is is just and I was just agreeing with that because like we've said a lot of times like it's like you know and I think there's different ways to come to that need like you know you could do it like you said for you it was through like food right and I think there's that's probably there's a reason to um why fasting is something that you know that God has said I am uh I've never had an experience like that 
with fasting, but it, you know, I, it's something that God tells us to do. And there's, there's gotta be a reason for it. I can never make it past that like angry phase with fasting. So um, <laughs> it doesn't do well for my family. So I've whipped out on it, but you know, I guess I should give it another try. Uh, anyway, sorry, I don't really have anything to say right now. I'm just trying to decide what to do on here. So you guys can keep going. I'm just listening. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things you said, Jonathan, is that about who we're talking with. It's been a struggle in my life um, as long as I've been born to know um, who's interested in my energy because I'm kind of different. And um, so that's one of the resolves in my life uh, that's been good. Um, it's been born again in, in that thing um, is that I now have very little interest in uh, uh, sharing things with people that, that don't have an interest in them. And that's a good matchup because there are people who have periods of their life that everything's going fine that at whatever stage of development God has them at it's a time of rest and peace uh, they're not in the wilderness they're not at um, great uh, tension with um, with life some people are born with tension so strong that that's their whole life they've been in tension with and and I'm closer to that that always there's always been a um, real tension between me and whatever is, is normal um and um it it didn't get resolved in me be becoming more normal uh in fact it got resolved by me becoming even less normal um which then uh kind of separates me from even more people uh where i felt lonely but um that loneliness is now getting cleared up uh, that I felt throughout my life, um, but that's because I have a relationship with Christ, and I've always had good people around me. Um, and but I I now can be at more peace with them, uh, the people around me, finding their own way, to do it your own way. I, and there's been a number of emphasis that, that Christ has put into my life that helps me with that. One of those is. Um, they're not your savior, Greg, and you're not their savior. You're not even your own savior. So recognizing uh, the framework of savior, uh, that mortals are not um, equipped to be um, such a substantial part of someone's life that they could actually save or resolve really deep issues. They might be able to help a little here, a little there. Um, and uh, then having lots of experiences uh, God has given me where I finally started listening to him and, and um, realizing that um, things that I, that interest me or my energy or things I'm going through isn't where people are at. And, and even if they're going through similar things, there may be a different medication, if you will, different way. And so um, I, um, yeah, I liked that. One more thing is we talked about being born again. What God has emphasized in my heart, it's a little more complex than the just born again. It's he tied it into like repentance. Um, uh, is that we can become born again in a particular thing. So Alma 32 talks about planting a, a seed in our heart, and if it be a good seed, um, if we don't cast it out by un our unbelief, it'll begin to swell. And that we'll know that it has um, swelled up inside of us that um, you're like, oh, that's a good seed. So that's that's how we get, get to determine whether something's good for us is planted in our own heart. And we go, oh, well, this is working for me. And the prophet there asks, um, I ask you, is your knowledge perfect? And he says, no, it's not perfect um, because you've just planted the seed. You don't know what the fruit is. You haven't tasted that fruit. So there's a lot of times we're in a process in our lives where we get excited, like, oh, this is working. This is good. Everybody ought to do this. 
when the truth is it's working like a seed that sprouted not as not a tree that's now producing fruit and it's stable um and so uh it may be premature to say um that this thing is going to produce a lot of fruit that a lot of people are going to be interested in but the, the prophet did recognize that you do have um so that's all it's all done in faith but he wanted to emphasize that there is knowledge that you there is something secure you know that that seed has sprouted inside of you so you you gave something a chance and you're like something happened that you know and so your knowledge is perfect in that thing and so that's what god's telling me is that the born again experience you can actually get born again in a particular thing in your life and that's the emphasis uh, so oftentimes we talk about general being born again, but you can have particularism, uh, that'd be kind of universalism. I once was lost, now I'm found. Everything's changed. Well, probably not everything, because you'll spend the rest of your life trying to repent of this and that and the other thing. I don't know anybody who's been born of God and all of a sudden they're Jesus. Nope. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. And they have to have a similar experience with each individual thing in their life. And of course, you're not going to get it done in, in, in this lifetime. Uh, so that was what um, was emphasized. And, and I could understand somebody says, well, I don't want to entangle those two concepts. I understand that um, we can be born again or have an approximation of that in a particular thing in our lives, uh, an addiction that we licked or are working on licking. Um, but I don't want those conflated and I can appreciate that, but in my mind, um, uh, they are, that's the, that's what God puts in my heart to understand so that I could understand what's the, the gospel of repentance. The gospel of repentance, uh, allows us to not have to be good at everything or even get good at everything all at once. It, it holds the promise that, it can be manageable. Um, what lack I yet? And God could say, well, like about a million things. Oh, that's kind of distressing. Yeah, but you're not going to worry about a million things. All you're going to do is work on this one thing. Oh, well, then that seems possible. Um, yeah, it'll just take 10 years or 20 years. Uh, oh, um, and that's what's happened with me is that I um, take a long time <laughs> to, to finally lick something like, yep, that hasn't returned. Uh, I think for the rest of my life, that's not going to be an issue. And, and um, that, that loneliness would be one of them. Uh, um, and, and disjuncture from, from my, from my culture um, that I was born into uh, always a disjuncture uh, separated from whatever's normal, whatever's mainstream uh, parts of it work for me. Sure. That's otherwise I wouldn't be able to tolerate at all. Um, formal institutions or normal relationships but there's always a tension um and i've been given a weakness and so but that is resolving um because i think it had multiple tendrils um going down into my soul fears uh fears of not being understood uh and so forth and, and then god had to say well you oftentimes greg you're in the wrong room with the wrong people um you're trying to share something and so um, I'll wrap up by saying one of the parables he's instituted in my life, it's a living parable, okay? Like literally living parable, it's a dandelion. So today I ate a live dandelion, I'm processing some and um, root all the way up to the, um, to the flower. And I eat one of those each day and I intend to for the rest of my life. We'll see how that goes. But right now I'm like, yep, I believe God wants me to eat a dandelion. And uh, so I'm drying some, so I'll have them during the winter. But that dandelion um, reminds me that most people, Greg, they don't want to eat a dandelion today. Uh, they understand that it's healthy. That's good. You can argue uh, or even just um, pronounce um, a declaration that dandelions are very healthy. And you can get people to say, yes, they are. But getting them to eat that, to join you in your little dandelion party, what are the chances of that, Greg? How's that dandelion taste without any dressing, nothing on it? Oh, yeah, it's pretty bitter. Um, 
but you are able to eat that quite easily, Greg, um, compared to what you used to do before, right? And um, that's because I'm doing it every day and I just accept it. Like, this is what I do. I eat dandelions and I could do the same thing with coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'll bet you I could take some coffee and it tastes nasty today and nasty the next day. And at some point though, a couple of weeks later, I'd be like, well, this plain cup of Joe. And especially if I felt like I was cool and that I had other people who were talking coffee talk to me and I'm part of a community. I see you, Jonathan. Um, and so that bitterness can be swallowed up um, and actually converted because we're humans, we can adapt. And so that's the dandelion then is a symbol for me to teach me many things, but that's one of the things is they don't want the dandelion. Um, so um, you'll find a number of people who are um, sympathetic to it and like it. They go, oh yeah, I ought to eat one of those, but not today, not now. And so a lot of the ideas uh, and parts of who I am are not um, edible for most people. They're not shareable. They may be true. They may be healthy, but they're just not interested in it. Why? The main reason is because we're not in famine. I can tell you there's comes a day when um, that dandelion will be of interest. Maybe my ideas will be of interest, but it has to be a time when they, they don't have anything else to eat like that. And some people will still die. They're like, I'm not eating dandelions. I'm just going to die, which is actually an easier way to, to uh, resolve that um, in some sense. Um, but that's what the dandelions, when, as I eat the dandelion, um, I, I say this, this tastes like you, Jesus. That's one of the thoughts that runs through my mind because I'm always inviting people to get more Jesus. Okay. Well, what if they're already eating lettuce? You know, every day they, they go to Costco, they get a bag of lettuce. Well, I'm, I'm inviting to them to what they already have. They, they already have lettuce. So, you know, it's just an approximation of that. So inviting them to dandelion. Are you kidding me? Um, Greg, more Jesus and anyone who gets closer to Jesus can tell you that comes not with just more truth, trust and commitment, but with ambiguity, vulnerability and risk. It comes with some bitterness. And that I'm clear about. That is that is correct. <laughs> um, and so um yeah that's uh yeah that's all i had to say about that is is the bitterness um that jonathan was speaking of um it's part of the deal and you have to be prepared for that and that's how god if, if god wants people to eat dandelions i'm not their savior he will do that and he does it the same way he did it to our ancestors there's we have each one of us emily jonathan and greg have ancestors who used to eat dandelions. And the principal reason initially was because it's eat that or die. Um, their lives, Jesus had them constrained enough where they would actually eat this thing that grows in abundance, that's very healthy. And, but only, so it's a, it's a symbol of poverty. It's a symbol of famine. And so I'm going to be able to much more easily persuade people, but it won't be me persuading them. And that, so it teaches me about salvation. You're not persuading us to eat the dandelion with all your logic. <laughs> we already knew it was food. They will do it because they're hungry and they, they don't want their kids to die. And so that's, um, that's the place of ideas as well. I'll read the Bible when I need to read the Bible in the Book of Mormon. I'll go to church. That is correct. And so it, it teaches me in a tangible way that I can taste on my mouth. Oh, yeah, Greg, you have no chance if you thought you could compel people with your excellent logic and words. You can't. People will do this only when it's kind of like the last option. Um, as long as they've got other options in their life, um, they're OK. And why would you want to? And of course, that's what I I don't want to. I don't care if they eat a dandelion. I'm not, I'm just saying what I do because that's where God wants me. Just do the thing I tell you to do. And then of course, what he's doing is he's resolving deeper issues with, within me. Um, but it's, it's within my society too. I'm not the only one who's trying to um, persuade others. We live in a very newsy society. All, people say, oh, this is a way to live. This is the way to live. This is the way to live. And it's part of the echo on Facebook and other things that hurts, you know, people suggesting you ought to do this, you ought to do that. If you're a good parent, you'll do this. 
Um, and so that also is part of that, that I, I smile as I eat my dandelion, um, thinking about the fact that other people do the same thing as I do. They may do it with normal things. Well, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. And, and you know what? I, I'm glad we live in a society like that. I want to live in a society where everybody just tells me what they think I ought to do with my life. And then I want to be able to say, that's sweet. Thank you for sharing that. And then do whatever it is that I feel Jesus wants me to do. Um, before being born again, I would say, and then I do whatever I want to do. But I don't want to do that. No, I, Jesus. No, I want to do whatever Jesus wants me to do. And so if he says, yeah, do some of that normal stuff, I'll do it. Not because I want to, but because Jesus has told me to do so. Anyhow, that's the, the parable that's... Um, being implemented in my life, a living parable, a literal dandelion, um, and I like it. It's working for me. Jonathan, you had something to say. Can't hear you. You're, you're, you're muted, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yep. I'm okay. All right. Looks like we still have the lag, so... Um, I, uh, I won't go into too much detail on this, um, and we'll probably save it for another discussion because it, it may go a little more in depth, but, um, you know, your decision to eat a dandelion, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's a, uh, so it's just something to do each day that, that brings your mind to to like a like a choice so it's like a it's like a uh, um um and then we understand this like religious uh religiously people do this like catholics attend mass they go they walk through certain things that are intended to remind them of other things so this dandelion reminds you of oh that's right so it's it's like you have to take the bitter um and it may remind you of something else i'm just i'm just saying you know what it what what comes to my mind so um so i i wanted to to just leave one comment um from before and something you said a few minutes ago and then i'll pass it back to see if emily has anything so um we we're talking about um the idea that we're born again in part so that there's so and that is correct um because it's like, for example, if I say um, I, I have a problem with maybe anger, and so I seek God for help, and I, 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 I own up to my problem, and I, I, maybe I try to get help, or I, but I go through the arduous you know, birth canal of being a person who's angry, you know, until God finally blesses me in some way to... You know, maybe he has to take me on an obstacle course that that gets me out of being angry. And then all of a sudden by some and, and maybe it's hard and, and it just doesn't come. It just doesn't come just like birth. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it's it's like this baby's supposed to be coming. But why isn't it here? Why does it take so long? And it's like and then finally, like, you know, at the point where, you know, like transition where you think I just can't do it, then it's like something breaks. And and all of a sudden, it's by some miracle, you're not an angry person anymore. Right. So that's that is and it, and it, it can be very life changing. I remember when I was 15 and I I, you know, I went and confessed this thing of my pornography problem and I and, um, and it was like my life totally changed like it. It, it was like I was one way and then I was a different way. And it wasn't just that. It was many things that it changed. Um, and so, right, the, that is being born of God. And it's, it's very real. Um, and it does affect other areas. But there's a, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis where he says, when we let God, we come to God because we have a particular problem. And the problem he mentions is a sexual problem. Um, and he, but he says, we let him in cause we have this problem. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he's tearing down walls and putting up towers. And we're like, what are you doing? Because he intends, you know, we thought that he was going to make a cottage and he intends to make a mansion. 
right? So, so he wants the complete thing, right? So we let him in, we, we give him a toehold, and then he comes in and wants to change the whole thing. So, um, so we have to understand when we get involved with God, I think that what he wants really is he wants the complete changed man or woman. Um, he wants to remake us in his image. And what he really wants is something that is complete. Now, the complete thing is a mystery. So because in, in within life, it, it's it's really, you could say it's it's actually I'm pretty convinced it's impossible to attain to the type of perfection that we think about as perfection, where we don't ever do anything that we consider to be that is wrong. And it's like it's part of mortality that we are inherently flawed. But there is a, a, there is a born-again thing that is complete, and, and it, it is a complete change and i believe that is what is coming for the world and it's it's not a change to being perfect in the way that we think of as perfect um i wonder what it appears to me is that it appears to be a change from seeing things the way that humans see them to seeing things the way that god sees them and it's it and when people find it they will lay down their weapons of war now, you guys know me. It's like I I, I hate to um, to mention any particular religion because I I I I tend to feel like I I'm called to speak to everybody, but I but there's I can't help the fact that the best example of this contrast is the Book of Mormon. So in the Book of Mormon, there are two stories, okay, of repentance. There is the Nephite repentance, and then there's the repentance of the people of anti-Nephi-Lehi, okay? And if you observe the two stories, they're actually quite different. So the people of, of Nephi are much like what Greg's talking about. It's like, you know, they repent, and they do better for a little while, and then they're falling back into pride and falling back into sin, you know, and, and every time that they're prospered, whenever they do, whenever they repent, and then they they are there, you know, the Lamanites come in and start destroying every time that they, that they fall back into sin. Okay. So that's, think about that as repentance. Number one. Okay. That's the type of repentance where it's like, Oh man, you know, things aren't going well for me. And it's all because of this one sin that I'm doing wrong. And you know, it's whether it's a sexual sin, uh, um, um, uh, we call it word of wisdom, but you know, like a temperance type sin where you, yeah, you know, you're eating things, drinking things, you know, things you shouldn't, some type of sin that's messing you up. But we, what we inevitably discover, just like the Nephites, whenever our repentance is that way, what we inevitably discover is that we overcome one thing in a couple of years pass, and what happens? something else comes up. I remember this when I started having eating trouble when I was in my thirties, lots of stress and I'm, you know, eating cookie dough in the middle of the night and I can't stop, you know, it's like, and since I was a Mormon, it's like, you know, I don't have alcohol. I got, you know, I got a binge on something and it was like, it was like, and I remember at the time this realization, it's like, what is, what is up with me? You know, it's like, you know, if it's not sex, it's, it's, uh, um, it's food. You know, if I, if I had alcohol, I'd be drinking alcohol. And I remember having this realization that, oh my gosh, I'm going to keep doing this the rest of my life. It's always going to be something. And, and so then there comes this other type of repentance. And this is what I feel like is coming for the world because there's something really bitter coming for the world sooner or later. I kind of hope it's later because, you know, I'm not excited for, you know, um, for bad times, but, but when a re there's something really bitter coming for the world um, and, and what it's a gift and what it's going to bring is the anti Nephi Lehi type of ex type of repentance. And it's a type of repentance where you realize 
that everything about your entire framework is completely flawed. Like, it's not something you're doing, it's you. It's like, it's like that you are indelibly, inherently flawed. That, you know, if you're given the opportunity, you will mess it up at every, you know, every chance that you get. And I have the feeling that's what's coming because, and what it does is it will lead to a change of heart wherein people lay down their weapons of war. So you think about the thing, sorry, I'm this taking too long again. Anti-Nephi-Lehites, whatever it is. Anyways, the, the, the king of the Lamanites, Aaron, Aaron comes to him and he says, he says, hey, he talks about um, this, the plan of salvation, and he tells the king to pray, and the pray, king prays this prayer, and the prayer goes something like this. He says, dear God, Aaron's told me there is a God, and like, if you will make yourself known to me, in other words, if you will help me to know you, then I will give up all of my sins to know you. So there's this acknowledgement that it's like, I am totally messed up. I will get, and I, you know, I will give up everything. Like I will give up myself, everything, everything I treasure, everything. And then this weird thing happens. So the, there's, this conversion and they become so convinced and this is what happens with people who experience this type of change this realization that everything about them needs changing everything is flawed and that it's like they 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 cease being the religious types like where uh, religious in the sense that it's like oh we're the ones who've repented we're the good ones. You'll notice that in the Book of Mormon, the Nephites were still going to war because they believed that they were right. They believed that there was something to be defended. Their righteousness was, they needed to, to defend themselves because they had things right. They had everything lined up. Whereas the other people, the people of anti-Nephi-Lehi, they, realizing how flawed they were, were willing for their opponents to be right to the point of letting their opponents kill them. And the fascinating thing that I see is that that type of repentance has the capacity to move to the next generation. Um, and that's what we're shown in the, the Book of Mormon story is that, it, is that their children were different. So it actually moves on. It's um, it's a uh, so that's um, I want to just point that out is that it's like there is the individual repentance, but we can begin to long for this complete change in our framework that will and what that's what I feel like will heal the world is when the world stops saying no we're right and we need to defend it we are the good ones we need to defend it we're the ones who've repented. We're not the ones like you guys over there who still, you know, I don't know, um, do the things that we believe are all wrong. It's like, and, and we're going to go to war to defend our righteousness. It's like, you know, when people, and I, I, I listened to this near-death experience recently, and this guy said he saw that war after war after war that was coming, and he said that he, well, that was what he was shown. and, and what he was told was men will pray upon each other until men pray for each other. And that's the change that we're seeking is when we realize our flaw are to the point where we stop trying to fight to defend our righteousness. And that then we'll understand God. We'll know God, because that's how God is.
he is righteous, but he isn't constantly going to war to defend because of this mystery that's been unfolded to him. I took way too long saying that. I, I said I wasn't going to, but I'll pass it back. So, um, yeah. Well, we've got about two more minutes. Any final thoughts there, Emily? Um, I was just remembering, um, I had a couple things I can really relate to. The ideas with addiction, and you just keep cycling from one addiction to another. I think you could say for me, I, I, so my addictions, I just switched them over to being addicted to Jesus, I guess you could say. Um, and and also, I just, I've always really loved that story about laying down their weapons of war. I've always tried to ponder, you know, what are the things that are separating me from God? What are the things that I rely on and that I need to give up? Some, sometimes, actually, this is a big one for me. Being right, I always think I'm right. Um, so, like, letting go of that. Like, there's, there's many many things that that can cause that um so right now as we're as we're talking as in painting i'm just thinking you know what are those things that are separating me from god uh you know are there bitter things like dandelions that i need to be more mindful of every day or do i i don't know and the other thing sorry this kind of reminds me of another thing when dealing with addictions of things that are you know, I don't stay up and eat cookie dough in the middle of the night. Although it's definitely been tempting. If we had cookie dough, no, I probably would. Um, but it's it's more that I find that for me, like the addictions or different things that keep me from God, I do those types of things when there's something I, I have a really hard time facing whatever it is I need to face. I tend to put it off. So I'll go online or I'll get involved with projects or I'll get involved in this thing. And I think uh, part of it with God is just being honest about those things. And it's kind of funny because whenever I actually take time to like, honestly, usually for me, I have to, it's, I'm a bit obsessive, but I do have to like write it down. And then it's like, once I write it down, even if it's just like one word, like um, whatever I'm worried about or stressed about or whatever it is I'm, I'm trying to avoid, as soon as I, I acknowledge it and like write it down and talk to God about it, I always get peace and I'm able to let it go. So then I'm always like, well, why didn't I just go to God in the first place? And I don't know why I don't. And I'm just like, I'm just saying like, I don't know if you guys have had that with your similar things that you're struggling with. Like, I know I need to eat the dandelion, you know, you could say, but I don't. Cause I'm just like, I know I need to do this thing, but I don't want to, I'm afraid. Um, I'm afraid of consequences. I'm afraid of what people will think. I'm afraid, you know, whatever this thing is, you know, they're going to think I'm a mess or that I don't have all the answers and that I'm not as amazing as they thought I was, you know? And so you have, those are the kind of fears. I worry a lot what other people think. And so like, those are the kind of fears that, that come to me. I know and there's just, uh, I don't know, that's just what I've been reflecting on this, this week with part of, uh, part of that idea of, of being a born again and, and coming to God. And so I think, you know, we all, I think it's important to have something every day that brings us to God, whether that's a dandelion or something else, you know, there's something that has to, to take us there. Um, like right now, what I'm thinking, what I need to do is I need to make, I used to do more of a conscious like journal writing effort every day. And I think I really need to do that again. Is just take that time every day. And probably before, it would be yeah, really helpful if I did it before the middle of the night. Like I'd probably have a much better day if I just dealt with things when they came up instead of just ignoring it by like reading the news or going on social media or reading a book or playing games. Like, And then what happens is I get frustrated and angry with everybody else around me when something's not going my way, but it's not their fault at all. You know, it's all all just me trying to figure things out i don't know that's kind of where my thoughts have been today i don't know how much that relates to what you guys are saying or not but that's kind of well, it's good 
those are good thoughts and they do relate. Oh, I've been going. And also, I, I think I was going to say too, it's also really scary. Yeah, like for me right now, putting this dark paint on here, I'm like, I don't know, I might be making a bigger mess. Um, I just drew these random shapes and I wanted to fill them in. And usually where I put these shapes, they would have been white for snow, but I did it opposite. Like this usually would have been snow capped, not brown capped. So I did it exactly opposite of what it, it would usually be. So wherever it would be white, I did it dark. Whatever would be dark, I did it light. Um, right now I'm just having fun with it. Um, I need to scratch something in this, but I'm also just having a good time playing. But yeah, anyways, that's all. Yeah, doing the opposite that we want to do is sometimes important. And that's what Jesus is leading me to establish in my own personal life, uh, religious rituals that have the yin and yang. Uh, they have the opposites built into them. So the dandelion is one of those because the um, there are sweet parts of that dandelion, you know, like just just a little bit like the, the yellow head on it. You can taste it and and it over time it does kind of taste flavorful and, and i'm interested to see what happens is that that dandelion turned into a a daily routine that eventually i start craving it like oh you know what i want is a dandelion um we'll see um but right now it's a um it's a bitter herb um and but it it emphasizes to my mind things that my mind need to have emphasized and the same thing with my cold shower when i take a shower turn on the hot water but i'm standing in there and it's cold while it's doing it so those are religious rituals that have the oppositional force built into them and and one of the things they collectively do for me is un help me understand my own life that um that we have to have these oppositional forces or we won't move forward it has to become because for humans they won't do things unless it becomes dire enough. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm reminded of. And it tells me why God's got to do things. So um, why these coming tribulations and also the ones that exist, I already see lots of tribulations that kind of disturb me in people's lives, uh, good people who have really difficult things in their lives. And I'm becoming more comfortable with that. Like, Greg, that's the only way that some people are going to move on things. And it's true in my own life. So I've got my own sets of tribulations. So um, it's not just like I'm eating a dandelion every day. It's like I'm eating my life is has bitterness in, into it, but it's not all bitter. And you can, you can get used to things. Um, and so Emily's um, trying um, in a what we could call a playful way to, well, let, let me do the opposite of what I usually do. And that is where my soul is taken. I'm uh, trying to live a religious life in a different way than what I had ever imagined before. And I feel like God is leading me there. Uh, it leaves others wondering. So that's a, one of the fundamental things when you decide to go differently than everybody else is going it's the most one of the most fundamental human problems you're going to have is what are other people thinking? Oh, I, I'm not getting their validation. Well, they can't validate you. You're good. You're swimming the wrong way. What, um, what do you expect them to do? Uh, you're obviously doing it the wrong way because you're not going the way that they're going and the way they were taught and the way that re reasonable people would go. And so that has to be addressed. Um, well, and some people address it by like, okay, then I'll just swim with everybody else. And that's fine. If that's what Jesus tells you to do, that is one way to resolve. Um, but I don't think it's going away. I think that um, that you'll just be called to it again, called to it again, uh, whether in this life or the next, that we have to. Um, I accept that Jesus wants me all alone, all alone, just with him, um, that, that my, my loyalty is to him. And so the last, last comment I have is in being born again, one of the important elements of that is that you 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 basically have a new parent. So we're all used to getting born the first time and we learn who our parent is and we learn about life through them. Well, when you're born again uh, in a big way, universal way, 
um, you now have a new parent. And that parent, I suppose, if you're born again in some secular way, becomes Mother Earth or something like that. I, I learned from nature. I, um, but I'm speaking more particular to a Christian born again experience. Um, it's God becomes your parent. And you're like, well, he always was. Right. But you did not act like that. You weren't surrendering your um, life to an invisible God, which is to me, one of the mind-blowing things of my relationship is I'm like, I'm actually allowing uh, voices inside my head to dictate how I live my life. That is strange. Uh, well, you've always done that. I know. But at this level, uh -uh. Um, that's like once in a while obeying a parent. Now it's like um, turning to that, that being to answer all my questions. Um, and... And that, that starts changing. So I'm not, I'm not looking to the mortals. Um, God said, um, ignore the mortals, turn to the immortals. That's, um, anyways, it, it's a parental shift, but it's also an identity shift. So, because um, that's what it emphasized. When you're born again, am I the same person? The answer in the religious sense is no, you're not. Well, who am I? That you get to discover in relationship with your 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 new parents, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother, if you want, or Jesus, um, if you're me. Uh, oh, okay, so Jesus will teach me who I am, and I believe he's teaching me who I was before I came to earth, that he knew me, and now he's like, and I'm going to um, show you who you were, and you're going to become who you were uh, a million years ago, um, your spirit. I knew your spirit. Now, through Christ, I'm becoming my authentic self, even if it kind of goes against the current here we go that's the last thought i had anything else anybody i had one thought when you're talking you you pretty much just said you know coming to jesus the wrong way and that made me laugh because when i first started this i was like i'm coming to jesus the wrong way and so uh that just made me laugh when you were working on it and um and then speaking of doing things the wrong way, I wanted to, I don't know if you guys will be able to see this or not, but um, something I've been doing purposely during this episode is when I'm painting, I am mixing oil and acrylic paint together, which is you're never supposed to do oil and water, don't mix. You're not supposed to use the two together. And so what happens is they don't mix, like literally. So that's where I have these blues and these browns. So if these were both, uh, both oil or both acrylic, I would have gotten blended paint, but because they're different, uh, the paint stays separate. And so it's kind of an interesting idea of being among something, but not quite blending in. Like trying to fit, you could say it's trying to fit in, but then not. Like you just, it's not gonna fit, it's not gonna work. Anyways, that's just, yeah, so it's all the wrong way, you know, we're doing it the wrong way. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, my headphones turned off. It's me. He was telling me because I was on mute. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was just going to say, so you end up on the outskirts. <laughs> uh, um, you do your best, and that's, you know, that's what it said about, and you have to be grateful in a way, because that's what is said in, I think, Hebrews about the prophets was that they dwelt in caves and this place and that place. They're all on the outskirts because they, you know, and and if, if you're going to be your authentic self, you're going to stand out because most people aren't. You know, it's like it's the real gift that you get when you come to Christ is that he makes you yourself, but then then you can never fit in again to society. <laughs> So it's like, it's a gift, you know, you, you're strange, you're peculiar. His people is a peculiar people. So, so it's, uh, yeah, I'll pass it back. That's my yeah, last thought. It, it, it's a bitter gift. Um, and those, those are the things I need to remind myself, oh God, you are bitter and you're sweet. You are cold and you're hot. You are this and that, this and that, um, and that's, that's where I've progressed and I'm becoming more comfortable with it. Um, it's, I don't think I'll ever be 
uh, there's a part of me, it's like, no, just, can you just be one thing? Um, but nope, he can't, because that's not who he is. Um, okay, um, I need to learn to accept that. And if it takes cold showers, dandelions, and a hundred other rituals, which I, I, I could guarantee you 10 years from now, I'll have a hundred rituals that'll involve, and one of those is stretching. Stretching hurts. You know what's better than stretching? Not stretching. But you know what? Stretching in the morning, uh, when you're my age, nearly 60, it makes a difference in how you go, go along, get along. And I'll bet that dandelion that's going down my gullet every day, I'll bet that's healthy for my gut. You know, I, I don't have the science on it, but I, I'm guessing it probably populates my body. So sometimes we don't understand why God wants us to do what he wants us to do. Um, but that's, it's a faith experiment, it's experimenting. And so far, dandelions have not caused diarrhea. I didn't die when I take a cold shower. And in fact, interestingly, I start looking forward to the cold shower. There's a part of me that will never like the cold shower. He's like, stop doing that. That's the wretched self. Like, I'm tired of your religious rituals. You don't have to do this. You know you don't have to do this. What are you trying to be some Mr. Religious guy? Well, I just jump in that cold shower. No, we're taking a shower with Jesus. Quit, th quit overthinking this. Um, and so that's but that's who I want to be. Um, somebody who rolls with Jesus and no, it doesn't have to make sense. Yes, it can hurt. Uh, go ahead, Jesus. If you need to um, squeeze me or squeeze um, a member of my family in ways that hurt, I'm down with it because there's no other way we're going to change. We're humans. We can't get ourselves to wear car helmets until they, they find us. It's a good idea, but Emily's not going to wear one. I, I'm, I'm guessing since we last did it, Emily's not saying, that's a good idea. I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to wear helmets and make my husband wear them and my kids. No, nor, nor has Jonathan and nor will they, nor, nor, nor do I. That's right. My wife is chiming in here and you don't, right? I'm saying no to good ideas. All right. Cause that's my authentic self. Like, no, that's a good idea, God, but I'm not going to do it unless he told me to. If God told me to, but that, that's just me telling me to, you ought to wear a helmet. Well, I'm not going to. So um, the nice thing is on this uh, Jesus in this mess is you've got three people who we just say, God bless you in your journey. Um, you know, we don't have it figured out. <laughs> so while you're watching this episode is more processed than some product that we have. We don't have a product to sell. I mean, other than get more Jesus, we have that, but we're even open to, it might be different for you. So you got Jonathan over there defending the people who have a different approach, which I like. I'm, I'm glad Jonathan is called because then I can be a full on Jesus. Like I'm going full on Jesus. Then I can honor his, his approach too. like, Oh yeah, God would do that. Oh, call me the great spirit. Call me the uh, mother earth. And then Jonathan honors that. So I really like that about Jonathan uh, and his voice for that. Cause as we interact, he's often bringing that in. And I know that is Jesus. Jesus walks with everybody. So and but I can also honor his walk with me. It's like, no, you're going full on Jesus. You're going to gather with the Jesus people. Um, it'll start with the letter J. And so, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with people who know we're going to do the Lord or we're going to do Heavenly Father or we're going to do the Great Spirit. Yep, good, good. Um, we'll all gather on the ark and we Jesus people be over here like the giraffes were over here. And you, you know, so you separate by animalhood. And, but we're all in this together. It's not like we're, you know, um, not going to be together. We're just all on the ark. And that's what I, that's how God has had me anticipate that. That's my last word. Anybody have a, any final words there, Jonathan, Emily? Okay. Then we are ready to wrap up until next week. Thanks for joining with us on Jesus TV.